I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Table on the airplane, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Make sure you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. And on the line right now is a guy that really needs no introduction. Hofstra University standout, training skills coach, former Orlando Magic assistant coach, Jay Hernandez on the line. What's going on, good brother? Everything's really, really good, man. I'm blessed to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, NBA playoffs is going on. Um, you are a guy I respect. Uh, you, you know that the game. You know what's going on. You actually uh, were, an, were named an assistant coach at the beginning of the season with the Orlando Magic. Tell me a little bit about this season. This is well, uh, you know, this season was, uh, was a tough one for us. You know, it was... Uh, a situation where we had a lot of injuries. You know, we have uh, we had some some good youth on the team, some really talented guys, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we didn't have a chance to really put it all together. You know, with the guys being out uh, at various times, we started off the season really hot at eight and four, and uh, I thought we definitely did a, a good job of getting guys better. You know, our, our G League guys did a great job of, of keeping guys prepared and, and allowing those guys to come up. Guys like Ken Birch. And, Really did a phenomenal job for us coming off the bench. And, um, you know, it was just one of those type of things that in this league, you need your best players to play. And, uh, you know, with, with Orlando Magic, unfortunately, we, we didn't have that consistently enough this year. We had a, a number of uh, different lineups. And, you know, basically, I think it was over 200 plus games where we, we didn't have a number of our starters playing. So, really difficult in, in this league to, to win that way. But uh, I thought our guys did a great job of staying motivated, being prepared, uh, being diligent in everything that they were doing, and, and stay together, most importantly. When I look at um, you uh, more specifically, um, I think of uh, guys like uh, Miami Heat coach Eric Spolster, where his, I believe his first year with the Heat, he was a video coordinator, uh, and that was Dwayne Wade's rookie year. Um, and those guys kind of grew together. Um, for you, um, your story 
and it's still being written, but it reminds me of just that um, Spolstra-like uh, situation. If, if I'm not mistaken, you um, connected with guys like Tobias Harris, who's from uh, Long Island, where you're from, and uh, you worked with Kimber Walker, uh, you worked with Charles Jenkins. How did your journey actually start with the Orlando Magic? Yeah, it's interesting uh, the way it all started. I think a lot of it came through my business. I ran a, a company called Pro Hoops, which I did for 10 years. And the business kept growing and growing uh, to the point where we actually linked up with Excel Sports Management and Jeff Schwartz and his talented uh, group of uh, agents. And they decided that at some point they wanted to start sending more of their players to me and our program. Uh, in Long Island. So when they started doing that, the pre-draft business started growing for us. And uh, within that, we had eight lottery picks in, in a few years span. Uh, I think 15 guys uh, going the first round. And, uh, you know, we just kept growing it that way. So just really, really talented guys that, that were coming through that really liked being a part of the process. And those guys were going to various teams and working out um, during the pre-draft process. And the management or the coaches would ask, where are you guys training currently now? Where are you guys working out? And a lot of them kept saying, well, we're out with Pro Hoops or with Jay Hernandez out in Long Island. And I think, uh, you know, that ended up becoming a situation where guys started asking questions. And, and one of the people that were asking the questions was Jock Vaughn, who was with the Orlando Magic at the time. And uh, he had known that I had been working with Tobias. Um, he had sent one of the assistants, who was actually one of my college assistants, Greg Dunning, at Hofstra, uh, who was an assistant at Orlando at that point in time, to come out and watch me work out Tobias. And you know, he went back and said, you know, they're doing a great job. And, you know, one thing led to another. So I, I had a couple people that were in-house that knew me, uh, that he was asking questions about. But there was nothing that uh, I was doing on my part in terms of sending out resumes or going out to the NBA Summer League and trying to connect with people and trying to get to the NBA. I really loved what I was doing. I thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life. We had some some great contacts and made some great connects with different sponsors. Uh, the business kept growing. I had you know, a number of trainers that were working with me, and uh, I felt great about what I did. Uh, so that ended up being a situation where uh, I ended up meeting with Jock, and he asked how serious I would be about going into the NBA and um, why at this point in time would I consider leaving a business that was successful to go into the NBA. And uh, so we just talked back and forth, and what was great about Jack and the staff was they gave me the whole summer to finish up all my camps, to uh, do what I had to do business-wise, and then show up in September instead of putting the pressure on me to come in June or July and August to try to work with guys before we got to training camp. They said, Jay, we know you've got a lot going on. Take care of your business, and, and we'll see you in September. And, and that's rare. So everything about it was, was different, and uh, I was really fortunate to, to get that opportunity. Uh, a lot of people, they see the NBA, and they think it's Mama, I made it. Um, right. to Orlando. Um, after you know leaving your business after 10 years, you have a wife, five kids. Um, how difficult was that transition, uh, going from New York to uh, Orlando? Uh, I, think, yeah, I don't know if you said five kids. I got three kids. So I'm so five, sorry. So, yeah, I just family sure. of five. My bad. I, I don't want any, any pressure from my wife saying where the other two come from. So, uh, yeah, I've got three kids, but uh, it, was, it was very difficult. Um, one of the things that got me thinking about it in the first place was uh, Jay Wright. He had offered me a position at Villanova uh, the year previous, and uh, that was something that came out of the blue. 
And during that time, I ended up saying no because I didn't have much time to make a decision. And at that point in time, I just didn't have an exit strategy uh, for, for my people so and, and my family. So I, I said no to that. And at that point in time, it was interesting because he said to me, he said, Jay, um, you know, I think you're going to be in the league in a year or two anyway. And, you know, that's what I love about you. That you're thinking about, you know, other people first. And, you know, it was just a, it was just interesting. It's kind of prophetic. But again, at that point in time, I was thinking to myself that I don't know what he's talking about because I'm not even entertaining any any uh, interviews or, you know, putting myself out there for the NBA. And then it ended up happening. So it was just a... Uh, you know, a little, little, you know, prophetic from that standpoint. But uh, when it finally, when it finally did happen, because Jack kept asking me, "Are you serious about this?" I was serious because Coach Wright got me thinking about it. You know, the year previous, and and I said, you know, if I get another opportunity, whether it's you know at a college level or at an NBA level, if it was worthwhile and it was something that I felt like could help myself grow, help my family grow, um, I, I would definitely have to consider it. So I kept saying yes all the way through, and. You know, eventually it came to the point where, you know, I got, I got the offer. I got to meet with uh, the general manager and, you know, flew to Orlando and see the operation. And when I said yes, you know, I knew at that point in time it was going to be really, really difficult. It was, it was probably one of the hardest times I've ever had to go through because we made the decision as a family to have my family stay in New York and have me go to Orlando and, you know, figure between you know all the East Coast games, whether we're playing in Boston, Philly, obviously New York, uh, they would be at all those at all those games, and then they would come to visit me, you know, each month. And, and uh, you know, any opportunity I got, I would, I would just take a flight, even if it was for a day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we decided to do that because you know my daughter was playing at St. Mary's High School in Long Island, and you know they had an opportunity to uh, win a state title, and something that was very important to her. My wife is a tenured teacher in New York, and uh, she had just actually got that tenureship, which is very hard to come by. So we just wanted to make sure it was, it was going to be something that I enjoyed doing, that it was going to be something that I would be able to continue to do, you know, after that year, and then we would reassess everything. So, you know, when when that happened, you know, we didn't take it lightly. You know, it was a situation where uh, we kind of knew that, um, you know, financially it wasn't anything where all of a sudden making millions of dollars. You know, I came in. As a player development assistant, and uh, I had been running my own successful business for all that time, so I knew it was going to be a step backwards on top of extra living expenses of having to, to rent a place in Florida and everything else like that. So that, that was that was another hard part about it. So when everybody mm-hmm. thinks, oh, he made it, it was uh, probably the furthest thing from the truth. It was uh, going to be a situation where I was going to be without my family for an extended period of time, and you know, financially it was going to be a struggle. And uh, you know, year one. There was a lot that that ended up happening that uh, added to that with with the firing of the staff 52 games in. So first of all, you you went from owning your own successful business uh, to you know working for the Orlando Magic, which was an opportunity, was great exposure. Uh, you, you went from you know maybe having steak owning your own business to you know maybe having a turkey sandwich every now and then, but the but the business of, of basketball and people taking notice of you um, was the, was the investment. Um, I've seen you, you develop a good relationship with um, guys like Alfred Payton, uh, formerly of the Orlando Magic. I mean, what what what, because um, I would see pictures of you on, on social media working with guys before the game. What kind of drills are you working with those guys on before before games? Well, uh, usually before the games, we're just we're just trying to get their minds right. A lot of guys end up having a routine. You know, some guys want me to come up with a routine for them. 
and change it up for them. And other guys uh, have a routine set in place, and you know they'll leave uh, one or two sections where maybe it's a ball handling section or a finishing move section where they like me to kind of uh, get creative with it. And I think they like that. It's a, it's a combination of just not only waking up the body and just getting a feel for things, but also waking up the mind and uh, figuring out what kind of schemes they're going to be seeing that night, how the uh, defense is going to be guarding them and pick and roll coverages, um, you know, how, how they should be guarding the guy that they're going to go up against and, and just get their mind right on that because it's only 15 minutes of time, you know, so it's uh, not a lot of time, but it's a good concentrated time specifically for those guys, you know, to, to get to get right and, and to feel good about what they're going to go through that night. So uh, it, it's unique to, to each guy, you know, a guy like uh, Evan Fournier, you know, he's got his shooting routine. He ends up making a bunch from, from each side, and then we get him to the wing, and we start focusing on some stationary stuff that leads into finishing moves, going to the baskets, the floaters, the pull-ups. Uh, then we get him reading and reacting, also some pick-and-roll situations and, and dribble handoff situations. And uh, and then he finishes up with a round of three in a row from, from seven spots and then uh, gets his free throws. So, you know, each guy's unique depending on their position, depending on, you know, where they are in the lineup. You know, our young guys, we tend to compete a little bit more with them because they might not see as many minutes. So we try to get them used to the physicality, get them working on different types of finishes and also different spots where they're going to have to make shots and, and in order for them to continue to play more and more minutes. Jerry Hernandez, former Orlando Magic assistant coach and Hofstra standout uh, on the line. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Rep Your Work. You talked about Jay Hernandez. Um, excuse me. You talked about, um, excuse me, you talked about Jay Wright. Uh, yeah. and you talked about um, just him wanting you. And, um, you know, obviously he's a national champion coaching the Villanova Wildcats. Um, how instrumental was he for you early in your career in college? Uh, he is extremely influential. He's uh, he's one of the most influential people that I've ever had in my life, and I've had a lot of quality people uh, in my life. Um, and so, just to just to have him take a chance on me. Obviously, Speedy Claxton was already on the roster. I transferred over from from University of New Hampshire after one year, which was in the same conference. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I was able to sit out a whole year, uh, work out against uh, all the guys that were on the team, learn the plays, not be a threat to anybody's playing time, just really get to know guys, let them get to know me, uh, get acclimated to to my academics and really start to take that more seriously. And uh, being able to graduate on time, uh, then going and, and basically get into the master's program, the art School of Business there, and, and get a dual master's in, in marketing and management has just helped me out tremendously over the course of, of time, you know, and, uh, you know, be able to do that while going to postseason NCAA tournaments and, and, you know, be a captain of his teams, you know, was very worthwhile and, and wasn't easy. He was very demanding. We had late night meetings. We would be called back in, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night after a full day just to, to talk with the captains and figure out, you know, what was going on, you know, communication-wise, were things that we needed to get better, and and coach is great. He just it was a very collaborative effort, and uh, he he basically put the you know the onus on 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 us to to lead. He always wanted us to to step up and and go at guys before he had to. So uh, you know a lot of that in terms of accountability, uh, being durable and and being tough, being intelligent, um, also just being a good role model to to the people in the community was, was something that he was always uh, advocating for. Was he as a snazzy addresser then as he is now? Yeah, he was, he was, 
he was very well dressed. I mean, he he basically was was dressing for for the part of a national champion back then. So I, I always I always take that with me. So he was he was dressed for the part that he wanted. He wanted, he wanted to win, and he wanted to win badly. And I'm sure the uh, the suits and the, and the the make of the suits are a little bit more expensive these days. But uh, you know uh, the way he dressed and the way he carried himself was was always consistent. So I posed this question to uh, former New York Giants uh, linebacker uh, Carl Banks on Scoopy Radio. Um, I asked him about Bill Belichick. He was the uh, defensive coordinator uh, for the Giants back when he played under Bill Parcells. And I asked him, um, "Did you? How did you know back then? Or what did you know about him uh, that made him so special back then?" I, I'll, I'll pose a similar question to you. Um, what made uh, Jay Wright uh, special to you in your mind back then? And are you surprised by the success that he's getting now? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go backwards on on that. I'm not surprised by the success he's having. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the surprises for me when they won a national title was, you know, they didn't have two lottery picks on that roster, and that's that to me was always rare. You know, you see national champions, you usually think of like two surefire either lottery or first round picks that are on that roster, and then three to four pros. And so they they had guys that were pros on that roster for sure. But, uh, you know, they don't stick out within the names that you think of that, that are like top five, top six picks, you know. So that that was impressive to see that he was able to do that with guys that uh, had been in the program for a few years, you know, and uh, did the same thing this year. He had some redshirt guys and guys that had been in the program for a few years, and uh, they're all guys that are capable of playing pro ball. There'll be a bunch of guys that are playing pro, and then, you know, they've got guys that work themselves into becoming pro basketball players, um, you know, guys that are very mature, and uh, they, they know the system in and out. And within that, you know, they give people a lot of problems because they don't beat themselves. And, uh, you know, I think the, the one thing that really stood out to me when I went from not picking Hofstra originally to going back was just the kind of culture he created. You know, mm-hmm. just, uh, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing. It's To me, um, I think culture drives the success that players have, you know, on the court. And so we truly believed in each other. You know, we knew what our roles were. You know, he was very, very good at defining roles and letting guys know whether you like it or not by the end of the season. Everybody knew where they stood, what they needed to do to, to help win a championship and I think that's that's the biggest thing about him is, is just in, in the way that he created a culture that uh, you know made guys want to do their part and that, that's pretty impressive Scoopy Radio on the line with Jay Hernandez so on April 12, 2018, Frank Vogel uh, was fired by the Magic uh, after the conclusion of the 2017-2018 season um, where were you when you got the news that you and the staff uh, wouldn't return? I was home, so yeah, I was, I was home, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of got word, and obviously now in social media era and everything else, and, and you know, uh, just kind of having an idea, you know, uh, not being completely blind, blindsided, you know, just kind of having an idea in the NBA that at any point in time anything can happen. Um, you know, I had gone through that year one, 52 games in, when the coaching staff got fired, and I was able to bump up to the bench for the last 30 games with uh, Coach James Borrego, who's now with the San Antonio Spurs. Year two was a probationary year for me with Coach Scott Skiles, and um, you know he came in and he decided at the end of the year that uh, he didn't want to to coach anymore. Um, you know, and then having Coach Vogel come in and in the same breath, you know, say, "Well, we have to see how things go here." You know, uh, we're not sure 
if we're going to retain you or not, you know, and, um, you know, I just had to keep working my way. So I, I've been through the process a few times. Um, so it wasn't anything that was surprising. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't make it any less, less, less difficult, I guess, when one finally does happen. What indication um, have you gotten um, that you may be able to um, carry on with another team as an assistant? Are there are there feelers? Are you putting feelers out there? Are there people that have been making calls? Where are you with your process now? Yeah, right now it's uh, just a, a week away, you know, from from not being with the team. So at this point in time, I'm just uh, getting everything that I need organized. You know, um, I. I Cleaned out my uh, my locker and, and my office and did some of that stuff. I'm also just enjoying a little bit of time being a dad and a husband, and so uh, I haven't necessarily put too much stock or focus into it because I know that teams uh, at this point in time have to go ahead and find a head coach. So you know, for me to be out there and say, "Hey, well, I want to be on your bench," it, it's a lot of that is going to be predicated on on which coach is selected where and. Uh, Unfortunately, this year it looks like there's going to be a number of teams that that are going to need coaching staffs uh, filled up. You know, last year there was zero. This year, who knows where the number will end up? So I feel confident that um, I've met enough really good, qualified people that have seen me work in in, in difficult times and seen me, you know, uh, basically keep the morale up and also improve players. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I think when you look at the teams that that will be looking for. Uh, coaches, uh, one of the major things that they're going to be looking at is player development. And uh, that's one of the areas where, obviously, I feel I'm strongest in. And uh, that's where I made my mark for, for a number of years within my own business and franchise. And I think uh, being able to bring that to a to a young team and, and come come with not only the on-court stuff, but also, you know, ways to, to measure uh, objectively and subjectively how guys are doing, you know, hold them accountable, have meetings with, with the staff each month on, on on various things that we could be doing better for our players and, and see where their minds are and then also uh, be able to work with the athletic training staff and the strength and conditioning staff to figure out, you know, what areas can guys be improving there that could help them with their on-court development. So I think there's a, there's a real holistic approach and there's a real uh, – a big, bigger approach than just having a guy on the court with one person working on basketball skills and, and being able to utilize all those guys along with the analytics. I think uh, the analytics is something that I think we can utilize better to help our guys and, and, and a lot of times help our guys without them realizing that we're even incorporating that, you know, because you, you don't want them to start thinking about, oh, well, if I, if I shoot 40% from here, you know, it all of a sudden becomes a mind game for them. So being able to eliminate that, be able to incorporate that into your workouts without necessarily having to talk about it all the time to those guys and then get them to overthink things, overanalyze things. And then the last part of it is something that I feel like uh, I've gotten a lot better at is the film work, you know, the uh, being able to work with our video guys and learn how to uh, text message videos and, um, you know, how to clean so that they can watch it on their phone with my with me talking over it and being able to give my input and then being able to talk to them later on and, and go more in depth with each other person. You know, little things like that, I think, is are, are ways that uh, this league is going, you know, especially with the fact that our, our guys are younger and they, they receive information a lot differently than they did 10 years ago. The New York Knicks. Uh got rid of a ton of their assistant coaching staff, got rid of head coach or fired their head coach, uh, Jeff Honasek, after a subpar season. And the Knicks are currently looking for a head coach and a coaching staff. Where would someone like you fit in right away with that team? 
Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I don't know um, if I can talk too much on on their situation just yet because I think they they still have a bunch of coaches that are still on staff. I know they they get rid of uh, Coach Hornacek, um, but I, I just think uh, I just with it from a Knicks standpoint, obviously, just in talking general, it's a New York mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's an amazing franchise. It's a franchise uh, I grew up really loving to, to go see games and take the Long Island Railroad right to Penn Station and, and, and you know, just walk upstairs and go see go see the Knicks play against uh, some of the best in the world. Um, and obviously being a New York guy myself and, and, you know, being able to help thousands of players throughout the New York, New Jersey area, you know, obviously that would mean the world. I think that was that would definitely blow up, uh, you know, my phone and, and, and my family's phone, you know, for, for a number of weeks, you know, with the people coming out of the woodwork, you know, if, if that ever happened. Um, obviously, uh, you know, that's a, that's a dream job just because, again, it's a Knicks and it's home. And uh, I think they have a, a great young nucleus of players uh, that they can work around. Uh, like I said, uh, guys like Porzingis who's coming off, uh, you know, an ACL and, and stuff that, that I was able to implement with uh, rehab, recovery, on-court work. Again, going back to being able to have the whole group incorporated into things that you're doing from a, uh, not only a player development standpoint, but from a confidence uh, sure. bridge standpoint. Rehabilitation is, is really important. Um, you know, and obviously uh, have a good uh, relationship with with Ko Kyle O'Quinn over there. And um, I just think that uh, everything that they're doing. Um, you know, guys like Steve Mills is, is a, a local guy. Um, obviously, uh, Scott Perry I had a chance to work with in Orlando and I have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for what, what who he is and, and what he's going to do. So, um, yeah, this, to me it's always been about uh, people and, um, and obviously uh, I have an affinity for, for New Yorkers and, and, and being a part of, of that with, with my family all in New York still would be would be tremendous. Lastly, um, I think your story uh, is pretty freaking amazing. Um, you Thank basically you. went from you're welcome. You went from being a skills trainer um, to being a, a common stunt double on the movie Just Right, um, and to to legitimately, you know, there's been steps along the way, but you know, going to Orlando Magic and 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 working your way up, taking a pay cut, sacrificing, you know, playing here, playing there, rent like crazy in two different states yeah. for you. Um, this is Jay Hernandez, but to people who, who who may be watching you or who one day aspire to be a, a lead assistant or a head coach, what advice would you give them along the way, having gone through this process yourself? Uh, I think the biggest thing is to figure out what you really want to do and who you want to be. I think it's important to to love what you do. I, obviously, I love what I do. And, um, when people ask me, how do I get to where you are, I just say, same thing over again. It sounds um, a little cheesy or cliches, but you got to really love what you do. And, and within that, you're going to have days that are really, really hard. And only that love will take you past the point of wanting to quit. And so for me, it's, uh, you know, obviously it's about perseverance. It's about truthfully hard work. That's why my, my tagline is always rep your work. You know, you, you got to go out there and you know, put the work in behind the scenes, and, and then when you get the opportunity to shine, you gotta you gotta claim it. And so, I think that's that's the biggest thing is to continue to to be who you are, be be well rounded, continue to uh, to learn as much as you can. I think uh, the guys in, in today's game that have the ability to relate to all the players that are out there, 
Um, they have a good, well-rounded approach. Uh, they're, they're intelligent. They can, uh, they can speak on a number of different topics, and I think sure. that's important. I think, um, you know, in today's game, because it's, it is international, you have a bunch of different things going on with, uh, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and, and, and demographics that they're dealing with, and, and that's, that's all part of it. And that's part of being on a team, and I think guys that, that can do that, you know, can, uh, can always be successful. And I always say this, I say, you know, I think when you look at, um, those those kind of concepts and things that the things that stand out to me are, are to be able to relate to players is one, you know, one you're both involved in basketball and two you should both want to win, you know, and that 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 right there is a, is a good common ground, you know, to start off on. And so I think uh, by by being able to to push guys and say, okay, I know you want to win, but you have what it takes to win. You know, you're going to put in the, the the work that is needed in order to win. And and if you get guys to commit to that. Then, then you start building a real bond and a real relationship that that sustains itself well past basketball. Mr. Hernandez, you're off the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. That was that was great. I appreciate the time, and uh, obviously, you know, I listen to Scoopy Radio all the time. So uh, just to be on it is, is definitely an honor. Scoopy Radio. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.